Hello, and welcome to The Mummer's Farce, the podcast about the visual production of HBO's Game of Thrones. I'm Dan Solberg. And I'm Kate Barry. Today we've got a special holiday break episode, one of three that we're going to have. And this week, we're going to go over the best episodes of the first three seasons. So we've got 30 episodes to choose from. We're going to pick our favorites. We're going to talk about what feel like fits into the category of, of how we're judging our favorite episodes here. Uh, what's the criteria? And I don't know, do you, do you feel like you're going to have one or are you going to have a, a couple? You feel like it's, it is tough to choose. I think it's going to be two or three that I can't really put in any more of an order than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can winnow it down to those, but then I couldn't, it would depend on my mood, which one would actually come first at any particular time. Yeah. So, you know, this will be a good opportunity to look back at the first three seasons that we had gone through here before jumping ahead and we'll, you know, have a seasons four through six. Maybe we'll do something like this again sometime uh, after we do those three seasons to fill the void while we're waiting for season eight. Yeah. So I guess to start off, do you have any episodes that you want to talk about maybe they're not your top top episodes but anything sort of uh, sort of your lower tier of choices here well i don't i wouldn't call it a, a low tier but mm-hmm. one that i think didn't make it to my top two was the reigns of castamere mm, okay i think the the reason why i chose it is probably pretty obvious because the red wedding is just such a tense and wonderfully filmed and important story moment but i love it i'd watch it all the time but some other parts of the episode are not as strong, and so it didn't it didn't like crack into my top mm. two. So that was I had this one in what what I would call my top four. It wasn't in my top two of my top four, <laughs> but is number three or four. And I think in general, the episodes that I'm going to end up picking here, for the most part, have some sort of overarching either plot within a story or a sort of thematic conceit that is returned to, something that makes the episode feel very whole, as opposed to what Game of Thrones tends to do, which I don't mind all the time and is sort of the nature of the beast when we're talking about this expansive epic story with a billion characters, is that it kind of globe trots around and we sort of pop in here, pop in there, and sort of get little uh, two-minute updates with all of our characters. Um, something like The Reigns of Castamere goes goes a number of places we're not purely with rob and catlin at the twins but we do return to that throughout the course of the episode kind of start with them and then have a number of check-ins along the way as the as things proceed there and we have a little bit not quite of uh, another episode that will probably show up later like blackwater we have Mm -hmm. sort of a central conflict and then a number of different angles uh the reigns of castamere had that as well and I also just really liked the the set design of some of the things in the twins and the mm-hmm. the reception feast and the way all the the very warm lighting and the food kind of spilling over the tables. Some of this is going to be a little bit of a re-saying some of the things that we said when we talked about these episodes in the podcast, but um, they're the things that definitely stood out to me. So also being a very pivotal episode, of course, uh, right. for for the course of the series, but not one that is. It's not. It's not top two. Not no. top two material. What was your other one that is uh, tied for the four or three spot? So one of the other ones I would have in my top four, but not in the top two, would be the North Remembers. Okay. Which is the first episode of season two, and what I liked about this one was that uh, it had this central motif that kept recurring throughout the episode of this comet in the sky. So we had, one, we had new characters introduced like Dragonstone and Stannis and company. 
and everybody had their own interpretation of what the comet was. You have north of the wall, you have over in Essos with Daenerys, and uh, the Dothraki have their own interpretations as to what the comet means, and of course up north as well in uh, Osha, she has an interpretation of what the comet means, which is sort of a stand-in for what the free folk think, and that you sort of have this resetting of the stage and the scene in a post, you know, Ned Stark losing his head world and sort of reestablishing things going forward and, and uh, centering that around this one concrete symbol I thought was uh, visually very striking and just uh, kind of carried things through in a really interesting way. I thought it, it gave a cool picture of the world. Yeah, and it does make it feel like all the characters are on the same world, which mm. because they're all over, you know, on different continents and, and spread out. It was it does a really nice job of, of grounding them all to the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since I think you've maybe got a couple big choices here, mm-hmm. I don't want to jump the gun on any of those, but did you have anything from season one? I didn't. Mm-hmm. Even though season one was good, it's the OG, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as as the show became more comfortable and and maybe especially in its relationship to to high fantasy i think that it it sort of gets acclimated and and finds its pacing and so even though i i like the first season i there was nothing that i there was no stounded episode that i chose for my Mm. list how about you i i agree i've got a couple episodes on here sort of my lower tier of like these were good ones one of them is the opener the actual series premiere winter is coming which had all this notorious sort of reshooting going on from the pilot, new director, new totally reworked script. And I think that maybe it's a little bit in contrast to that, but they definitely pulled it off and established a lot of material in that first episode that is very deftly illustrated for us and very densely so in the case that you could watch it one time, get the basic kind of gist of the central plot conceits and probably follow like the Ned Stark angle and that kind of thing and perhaps his relationship with Robert and sort of start to get a little bit of a sense of what's going on but there's a lot more than just those central characters and and it's all in there it's all like shot for us to sort of interpret but it could take repeat viewings especially if this is your first time through the series to be like oh okay that's again like that's the difference between Rob, Theon, and John. I, I think I'm following now, and that kind of stuff. So I, I thought that one was quite good. And uh, A Golden Crown, episode six, I thought also thought was, was pretty striking because that one has some pretty notable scenes, including uh, character death at the end, which maybe we'll talk about on a subsequent week here. We'll get to that, but I quite like that one. That was a Daniel Minahan-directed joint, and also Daniel Minahan coming on after three Brian Kirk episodes, which I remember being a little cold on, um, mm-hmm. Brian Kirk's sort of uh, workmanlike style there. So it was a little bit of a breath of fresh air, a little bit more of a visual resplendency. Yeah. And I, I didn't pick the the Baylor episode or the, the Ned Stark getting axed stuff. I just thought those weren't necessarily like visual standouts, even though the storytelling, of course, one of the biggest sort of moments in the entire show. Mm-hmm. No, and and we've we talked positively about how his execution is filmed and how it it goes from the end of one episode to the beginning of the next, and mm-hmm. and so I think that's well done, but it was still not enough to like get the prize. Yeah, I agree. Did you have any episodes from season two? I did. So. We had the the premiere, right? The North remembers, and then again, I guess this is my top two. 
think this might be in your top two as well. It is might Blackwater. Be. It was. <laughs> so I've been talking a bit. Why don't you tell tell us what you why you picked Blackwater? Well, you referred to it earlier that the show typically has us moving all over the map. We check in. Maybe we'll go back and forth if it's a really important event. But what makes this episode so unique and really good is that it's one event. It's one place. It's mostly Lannisters, although Sansa's there too. Mm-hmm. And we just get to not not quite be a fly on the wall. It's not shot that way. Mm-hmm. But that we get to watch how things unfold in the same place. And I remember at the time talking about the sort of male outside space that's involved mm-hmm. with the war and then also like the, the female inside space and the way that we flip between those two. And it was just so well done. And it, it does an amazing job with the tension and you don't see how you're going to get out of it. And then is a surprise as it was to Tyrion as well that um, his father and the Tyrells just ride in and it's mm-hmm. like, where do these people come from? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just think it was so successful and it's it's not quite a bottle episode, right? Mm-hmm. Only in one place, but it, it, it's close, almost as close as the as the show gets, and it uh, just comes off so well. Mm-hmm. And at that point in that season two, it was also we hadn't really seen a battle, really, <laughs> certainly nothing on this scale. And and other battles had been implied, but not tech actually shot. They would have some sort of workaround for budget reasons of being like, well, we can't actually show this, or, you know, we don't have the extras, we don't have the CG budget, and how the the WB went and got a little bit more money for this one, they brought in Neil Marshall, who felt like a little bit of like a ringer to bring in, in this case, mm-hmm. he doesn't direct anything else, he only shows up again later to dire- direct another big battle episode, so it feels like this is one of the ones where they go all out for it, and it's just, it's very engaging the whole way, and we get because we're seeing it from a number of fronts at once and we're empathetic to a number of fronts at once you know i kind of want to see stannis and davos like succeed in a certain sense because we know that joffrey is bad and mm-hmm. we don't want joffrey around anymore so we want him overthrown but also that means bad things for sansa that means bad things for Tyrion, and so having this conflict that's almost like why do we ha- why i don't want everybody to fight but also but you, but you want some of the fighting to happen because you want change to happen in some way. You want the situation to to be better. You want vengeance for perhaps uh, Rob's or uh, for Ned mm-hmm. and this kind of stuff too. And there's just some also some really over the top violence in the fighting that is <laughs> kind of ridiculous. That will again I might mention in. <laughs> A subsequent week here. Yeah, I remember being um, surprised with some of the Hound's strength. Yes. And what he's able to do. Uh Uh-huh. That is maybe not uh, followed up upon in a a way later. And I think I can say, honestly, that most of our favorite episodes came from season three. Did that seem to be true of your list? Yeah, it's it's definitely weighted that way. I think I've got as many episodes listed here from season three as the first two combined. Yeah. And I think when we were doing episode three on the podcast that we spoke about how, how good it was. And other than the finale, which we, we both don't love, it's such a strong season. So what did you choose from from season three? Well, so a couple of my, my lower tier ones, of course, we mentioned Reigns of Castamere as already. But uh, two other ones that I had on my list, one of them, a bit of a dark horse in some ways. But when I was reflecting on it, I thought about it quite fondly, which was Walk of Punishment. Mm-hmm. which was an episode that I was just a little surprised by in some ways. This is Benioff's directorial debut, 
and I don't know if that meant that they were going to take a slightly different tone with it, but this was like what I think of as not really uh, what you would expect with a title like Walk of Punishment, but it is like the funny episode. <laughs> it is the one that is just full of like jokes and visual gags. I mean, there's serious stuff as well, like because there is the little Walk of Punishment with Danny and Astapor, but there's also just like Tyrion dragging the chair around small council chambers and that kind of stuff. And so there's just a lot of good gags in it, honestly. And, and most of them, I think, pay off. Yeah, that was a great episode. And then my other one that's not my one of my top two, but I think would be one of yours, is four. Yeah, and now his watch has ended. So this was, um, besides Blackwater, I think this is my favorite episode from mm. the first three seasons. So we in uh, this episode, you've got Jamie dealing with the loss of his hand. That's when he tries to make a, a sort of escape and, and fight off Locke and the other Bolton men. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't go well. And he and Brienne have a really great conversation. There's the fake Theon Ramsey escape plan, and Ramsey ends up back where he started and sort of realizes that he has not been saved. There's the mutiny at Craster's. And then also this is when Daenerys gets the Unsullied and, and torches Astapor. Ah, yes. And so I think what I love so much about this episode is that even the good things, like the things that, that, that we are excited for, like Danny's army, everything sort of turns into a crisis. There's this real, there's the this, this sort of the smaller personal crises, crises uh, <laughs> like Jamie's and then um, and Theon's, and they just get bigger and bigger, and even to what you might consider, like a, a I don't know, a potentially global scale with mm-hmm. Danny's. And I just like this frenetic depressing but also in in her at least her ending triumphant like i don't know but it's 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 a world that is being upended everything Mm. every every, the the order that had been established has been turned on its head and i really like that yeah there's there's a ton of strong stuff i'm scrolling through some screenshots now we go to a lot of places in that one Uh, but certainly the Daenerys in Astapor torching Krasnys is quite the finisher for what was already a, a pretty strong episode. Yeah, so I think that was my favorite, which leaves your other favorite? Yes, one of my top two is actually the premiere of season three, Velo de Hyrus. And this one might actually be, I think I mentioned this on the podcast, but I, probably the episode that I have seen the, mo- the most times, mm-hmm. just because I find myself if I'm wanting to watch Game of Thrones, being like, well, I want to start watching the show when it gets really good. (laughs) So season three it is. And this is the one that has uh, not just like one, necessarily one motif that it repeats throughout the entire episode, but it does return to kind of an idea of uh, imprisonment and containment a lot. We Mm -hmm. have a lot of people kind of looking through bars and trapped in their various confines and other people sort of breaking out of them. It also has one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode, which is when Davos returns to Dragonstone after being on the rock, and Stannis does not care. <laughs> I just, it's, it's what has endeared me. So it's the debut of, like, good grizzle Stannis, mm-hmm. and it's just hard for uh, me to deny how much I like that. <laughs> yeah, and I, no one is asking you to, Dan. Yeah. Don't deny it. Again, tied into some of those imprisonment things, some some good kind of uses of mirrors and kind of distortions as characters sort of look at reflections. So it has a lot of uh, sort of filmic tropes going on and I think plays them off pretty well. 
one thing we didn't really do is I know I think last week we said we were going to do like best director as part of this but I don't know about you but I had a hard time actually just picking one even though we picked episodes one I guess we kind of uh, went a little soft on it and sort of picked a smattering of episodes that we liked (laughs) instead of like the top one but I don't know how constructive that would be anyway Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like then having to pin the director one director on that uh, also was sort of a futile yeah because I I, it seemed I I thought about well do do I just pick the director of my favorite episodes but that doesn't seem fair or right and then Mm -hmm. doesn't there are some directors whom they've done several episodes that I really like and that Mm -hmm. maybe as an aggregate I would like more and so yeah it just the math got too complicated and I decided to um again like you said be kind of soft on myself and just do episodes yeah there's no need to uh I don't know I feel like sometimes when you get into these uh top lists or whatever you can get a little too little too invested in the process and being like we have to put one on top and it mm-hmm. really just ends in a lot of sort of like tearing things down a bit and it's like oh well, the whole point is we're doing this list because we like these things right <laughs> not trying to pick apart the things that we don't like about them we do that in the regular podcasts <laughs> so this is a holiday time so so yeah. I guess best director goes to all of them congratulations for even being vo- involved in this show do we have to give it to brian kirk <laughs> no everyone but brian kirk uh none for you brian kirk he might have been the only director where i would uh not pick any of the episodes that he directed <laughs> okay which would have been a, a a group from season one so the, all lo- but- the low period all but him yes so I, I think that'll be it so just to, to recap what we picked here i'll the, the two episodes that I picked as my two favorites were Blackwater, that's episode uh, nine of season two, and Velo de Hyrus, uh, episode one of season three. Mm-hmm. And I also picked Blackwater, and my other was And Now His Watch Has Ended, which is episode four of season three. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I guess we could just call it Blackwater then. Is that, I guess that is means that it wins. The Mummer's Farce official stance on the best episode of the first three seasons of Game of Thrones is Blackwater. I think you're right. Okay. All right. Congratulations, Blackwater. (laughs) Congratulations to Neil Marshall, our not best director of the first three seasons, but by default, perhaps. Yeah. And still a very good director. (laughs) So there you go. So that'll do it for for this mini episode. We're not going to go through the whole spiel. You know where the podcast is. You're listening to it. Tune in next week for another kind of fun holiday episode. So, Bye, Dan. See you, Kate.